it's been a two-year series, really, of first that was the parables of Jesus. We did all the parables, and we did all of the miracles of Jesus. And uh, so today is the last of the miracles, and uh, we'll start a new series. Uh, I'm not just sure yet quite what it's going to be. I've got a couple of ideas. But um, we're in John chapter number 21. John chapter 21, we'll read verses 1 through 14. And, um, well, get started here. John chapter 21, 1 through 14. So the Bible says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise he showed him, he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. And they say unto him, Oh, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. And when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have you any meat? And they answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they cast therefore, now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. And Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three, for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you'd bless our Bible study this morning, that uh, you'd help me as I teach this lesson. Please use me, guide, and direct me. And uh, just have our hearts to be open to these truths that are found here and make application to our lives. As always, Lord, we're thankful for your goodness to us. We're thankful for your mercy and we're thankful for your grace for we ask all these th these things now in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ amen all right the last of the uh, miracles the casting here of the net and uh, tell you what that sun is bright i'm looking at my paper here and it's so bright when i look up everything's kind of dark yeah back here so but it's good for, i guess on my notes it's driving me nuts actually with uh, my shadow so the casting of the net. So this is a pretty well, a fairly well-known uh, account in the Bible, of course. And if you notice on your handout, if you didn't get a handout, I left some in the back. Hopefully that you got one. 
Everybody, anybody need a handout? Everybody have one? All right. So much has been said with regards to the disciples returning to their fishing boats regarding whether it was right or wrong. But in reality, Jesus had not yet appointed and empowered them to preach the gospel. He told them to wait. So I was looking at this and trying to figure out all of the chronological order of this and then moving to Acts chapter 1 when they're there and the Lord tells them to wait for the promise of the coming of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Um, but I want I, take your Bibles, if you would, real quickly and go to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter number um, 26, because there's something in here that we need to remind ourselves of. After the Lord rose from the dead, He did give them um, some information here that we need to be mindful of. Uh, so Matthew chapter 26 and verse 32. He said this, did Jesus, but after I am risen again, verse 32 of Matthew 26, after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. And then of course, this is when Peter says unto him, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. And there Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow Thou shalt deny me thrice. But I bring this, this particular verse out here because we're reminded here that Jesus told them that after he rose from the dead, he, they would go back, he would go back north into Galilee because Galilee is north of Jerusalem, and he would meet with them there. He would, he would uh, show himself to them there. So maybe, maybe some of you have figured this out or have thought of this, but I'm trying to figure out the whole chronic chronological order of this with regards to Pentecost and the disciples, it seems to me, and maybe I'm wrong and maybe I haven't thought it out, it seems to me after the resurrection, they've gone back north to Galilee and then they come back to Jerusalem. Uh, and I might have that the opposite. And it, and it kind of seemed to me here that perhaps they went back to Galilee and then, of course, I didn't read it. Most of you, I'm sure, are familiar with this chapter in, in John when Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And, um, and of course, he had gone back fishing. Did they then return back to Jerusalem? I'm not sure. Somebody figure that out. Maybe somebody already knows. Put up your hand if you do. Uh, maybe I've missed something, but uh, it seems that this is what has happened. So I just point that out. Also, if you'll notice here, go to Matthew chapter 28, verses 7 through 10. Matthew chapter 28, 7 through 10. This is after the Lord is risen now from the dead. Or pick it up, I guess, in verse 6. He's not here, for he's risen, as he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go, in, go, tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. So again, so they've seen the risen Savior. But now Jesus says, go back to Galilee and I'll meet you again in Galilee. So again, you have to travel north to get to 
where they were based out of originally to, to Capernaum. And so they're, they're traveling or they've gone back there. Now, Jesus, before we go back to John, Jesus has met privately with Peter. So Jesus has, you know, Peter has denied the Lord three times. We're also reminded in the Scriptures, and I'm not going to turn there, but that not only did Peter deny the Scriptures, but all the apostles denied, this, denied Jesus as well. But Jesus meets and has met with Peter before the account in John. And uh, go back now to the Gospel of John. So why do I tell you that? I tell you that because G Peter had... He had just completely messed up. He had failed the Lord. But the Lord had met with him again and reassured him that his failure wasn't in any sense uh, in any sense a means not to still serve the Lord and that he couldn't be used of the Lord. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful for that. You know, I've in my testimony, having I heard the gospel my whole life that as a young man rejected the gospel, did my own thing, rebelled against God, and um, the whole nine yards, you know, without going into all the detail. And yet, the Lord was so, is so merciful, and the Lord is so good, that He saved me, and He said, listen, even all those years that you, figuratively, I'm speaking now, shook your fist at me, and laughed at me, and mocked me, and, and told others that, I was, this is all foolish. I still have a plan for your life. And um, what a merciful God we have. Amen? That God will do that for us. And I'm so thankful for that. And here Peter, having, having publicly denied the Lord three times, and then Jesus has met with him. And here Jesus is really publicly going to reestablish Peter's ministry here and uses this miracle uh, with regards to doing that. So now I'm back in the Gospel of John. So they've gone back fishing. Was it right or was it wrong to go back fishing? Um, everybody has an opinion whether it was right or whether it was wrong. Um, some people believe that you know they kind of gave up and he went back to what he did. And others have said, well, they're waiting. They they. They're, they have yet, yet to be sent out. I mean, Jesus did tell them what their mission was going to be, but they're still waiting. They, they didn't go back to fishing after Pentecost. Uh, they went back to fishing between the Lord's resurrection and Pentecost when they would be empowered by the Holy Spirit and then their mission would be uh, more defined. So, um, I don't know, you know, whether it was right or whether it was wrong. They had, they had to eat. They had to feed themselves. They had to support their families. Um, I do know it would have certainly been wrong if they kept fishing, right? I mean, Jesus had already given them a plan and, and a purpose in their lives. But um, I, I was been reading through the Proverbs, and if you notice on your handout, Proverbs 19.15, it's a great proverb. It says, Slothfulness casteth, casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. Listen, when we're waiting on the Lord for the next step in our lives, it's still important to be busy. Now, not so busy that we can't hear what the Lord has for us, but it's still important to be busy for the things of God. For instance, there was a gentleman here, I can't remember his name, but he came for a couple of services, 
Um, he was a trucker. He was here about a month, month and a half ago, around, or around Easter, I think it was. And he told us that um, uh, actually his wife had gone to Pensacola and was in the nursing program there. She was back in, I think it was Tennessee. He was originally from Alabama, but they had been missionaries. I think he said missionaries to Japan. I, I, I only met him that one time, and then I was away for a couple of weeks. But he came to a couple of services, and when COVID hit, they had to come home. And now they were waiting to where the Lord would have him to go next. So he took a job working as a trucker. He had to make money for his family. So he's waiting for the Lord's next step. This is a man who was in full-time service, had his family across the world, and had been missionaries there for a number of years. So I guess what I'm trying to say with regards to the disciples here is they just stayed busy for the things of God. And uh, it's good for you and I to stay busy when we're waiting on the next step that God has for us in life. And um, that's what the proverb is, is all about. Now, the results of the effort here when they were fishing were discouraging, to say the least. Um, similar to the events that we studied back in Luke chapter 5. The first time Jesus fills the nets. There, the nets break. Remember, they had fished all night. And Jesus said, have you caught anything? And we've tarried all night. And, Jesus, and they said, no, no. Um, well, we'll go ahead and turn, turn to Luke chapter 5. Go ahead and let's turn there. Luke chapter 5. So this goes back three years prior to what we're reading in, in John chapter 21. Verse, uh, verse chapter, chapter 5, verse 1. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, saw the two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. He cast, and he sat down, and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a draught. And Simon said, Master, we've toiled all night, have taken nothing, nevertheless at thy word, I'll let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets break. This is one of the first miracles that they experience with regards to the Lord. They beckoned it to their partners that were in the other ship that they should come and help them and they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Well, go back to John. In John chapter 21, same thing happens and um, uh, here and there's another ship and there's Simon uh, um, uh, let's see, it's in verse number uh, verse number 5. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have you any meat? And they answered, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. And then verse 8, Other disciples came in the little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were 200 cubits, and they dragged the net with all the fishes. So both of these miracles are very similar. One's at the very beginning of the, of the Lord's ministry. One's at the very end. And as you read that, you have to think about what's going through Peter's mind. Maybe even Peter thought about twice the Lord fed the multitudes as well. And, and all that's taken place over these three years. And uh, the other disciples that were there as well, they all had to think about all of this. It kind of is 
It started with, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And now there they are fishing again. And now this is undoubtedly going to be the last time that they fish for fish. They're going to now spend the rest of their lives fishing for men. And so um, they do what the Lord has asked them to do. Um, But the Lord said, cast your net on the right side the other side of the ship. So they had done what they had done, and they didn't see much much success from what they did. But once the Lord said, just go ahead and do it again, they saw success. So my friend Matthew Henry, who I like to read, said this with regard to this text. It's a reminder that even good men may come short of desired success in their undertakings. We may be in the way of our duty and yet not prosper. Matthew Henry meant by that these men were fishermen. They were doing what they thought they needed to do and they weren't seeing any success. But the Lord came along and said, cast the net on the other side. And that's what they did. And they had success. We should always observe the Lord's commands. We may not always be successful. So today, we ran our bus out Jim Jim Atherton and I, for uh, three out of the last four Saturdays, have gone out handing out bus flyers. And we saw no success. We had nice visits with people, gave out a lot of gospel tracts, and uh, people were very positive about what we were doing. But yesterday, we went out again, a group of us went out yesterday, I don't know, 9, 10, 11 of us, I guess. And today, when we brought the bus in, we had eight kids on the bus. Amen, for eight kids, amen. And uh, But there was those that went, and, and now what we're thinking about is maybe doing something like this too on a Wednesday night. Because let me tell you a little bit about the bus ministry. It's... I've talked to a number of different people who have bus ministries in their churches. And, um, well, one in particular, the man who helped really get our bus ministry started, Victor Miller, he and I were talking not too long ago, and he, he attends a pretty large church in Tennessee. He says they can't get any kids to come on the bus on, to, on Sunday morning. It's really frustrating. But they get them to come Wednesday night. They have a Wednesday night youth program. So, They faithfully go out and and just see very few results on Sunday morning. But on Wednesday night, he brings back or would bring back vans full of kids. So what we may do is we may on Wednesday night, we may start casting the net on Wednesday nights as well as on Sunday mornings. And if we can bring kids here to hear the gospel on Wednesday night, then we'll do that. And then maybe when they come on Wednesday, then they'll want to come back on Sunday. So you understand what I'm saying? There's a lesson to be learned from what Jesus is teaching the disciples here. Sometimes you just keep at something, and the Lord told them, just just go ahead and cast your net again. Cast your net again. And so that's what we do. And, um, And you noticed in this account here, before we even get into the specifics of this, you notice here that it was it was more than just Peter. It took Peter and the other ship to bring these fish in. 
It took the other disciples in Luke chapter 5 to bring the fish in. It took numbers of people to do this. And um, Jim and I were talking about that yesterday. Um, Jim comes with me and basically doesn't say anything. He kind of just walks with me and uh, lets me do all the talking. Um, and uh, hands me things as I need them. He's the second man. And there's a principle behind the second man. Uh, that you go, oh, Jesus sent them out two by two. And so I, Jim and I have been, and, and there's been others, I don't want to just sing, sing, single him out, but Jim Atherton and I have been going out for like 30 years on and off. In fact, we were in one neighborhood yesterday. I knocked on a guy's door, and uh, I, have to, I have to admit, this made me feel good, if I'm allowed to feel good. I don't, and I don't mean this to be prideful in any way, but it was very encouraging to me. I started to say to the fellow, hi, I'm, I'm Pastor Malich. Before I got the words, I, I know who you are. He said, I see you, I've seen you up in this neighborhood for like over 20 years. And I thought, yeah, that's true. That's, I thought it's probably been more like 30. And then we were in another neighborhood. Saw another guy that, I, that we have known for years. I said to him, still at it. He said, that's good. He said, I'm glad you're still at it. You're doing what you want to do. So you just keep at it. You just keep at it. And the disciples were going to learn that, that as there was going to be, as their ministry began, um, there was going to be victories and defeats, positives and negatives. Times they caught fish, times they didn't catch fish, meaning, meaning people. Uh, times and places that churches would be established and where churches wouldn't be established. But the Lord uses this miracle and uses events in our lives to teach us and to show us these things. Listen, whatever is going on in your life, look for the Lord's hand to be upon it. Uh, to be dealing with it, uh, to be showing you and teaching you something because that's what the Lord does. So as we kind of finish up this whole series of miracles, uh, just these, these five points here to finish this thing up. If we've learned anything, we should have learned this from our series, the Lord is a miracle worker. Amen? You believe that? The Lord is a, He still works miracles today. I've always said, if you're saved, if you're born again, that's the greatest miracle that the world has ever seen. Because literally, you've been raised from the dead. You were spiritually dead, but the Lord raised you from the dead. But the fact that the Lord is a miracle worker, I have, look on your handout, way back early in Jesus' ministry, John 6, 14, it said, then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this of a truth, that prophet, uh, that should come into the world. That the Scriptures, the Old Testament Scriptures, had prophesied that, that a prophet would come and the Messiah would come. And so the miracles of Jesus were to point to the fact that He was the Messiah. He was the Christ. And that people would be, that, that they would identify with him. But he was a miracle worker. Whether we've seen in our series, whether he had control over nature, calming the sea, multiplying the fish, catching the fish, um, he had 
power over uh, the physical aspect of our lives, uh, everything from healing various sicknesses to raising the dead. In all of these events, the Lord used these events to point people to Himself, to point people to the Gospel. And whatever and however God is working in your life, God's using that to point other people to the Gospel of Jesus Christ. He's a miracle worker. He's still working miracles today. He worked a great miracle here for Peter. Now perhaps when you think about Peter, I mean, maybe he is discouraged. He did deny the Lord, even though the Lord met with him. He's gone back to fishing. Whether that was right or whether that was wrong, you decide. But the Lord appears and comes to him here and, and, and works this miracle in their midst. To, perhaps to show them that, listen, despite the fact that not only Peter, but all of you denied me, I'm not done with you. And we have a work, and you have a work that needs to be done here. And then the mercifulness of the Lord in chapter number 21 and 6b. Cast therefore now uh, on, the, on the right side, he said. And they did. And um, the Lord's a merciful God. He, he, in, the, in the book of Lamentations, it said this, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So you and I may at times fail the Lord. And uh, we may fail in being as diligent as we ought to be with our Scripture reading and may fail Him as, as, in our uh, prayer time. And we may fail Him in our many areas of our Christian walk. But the Lord is merciful to us. And He shows to the disciples here, He's merciful to them as well. I still have a plan for you. Therefore, verse 7, the disciple whom Jesus loveth saith unto Peter, it's the Lord. So John says to Peter, look, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. And um, the whole mystery of how God works um, we don't always understand how God works. But God works in different ways in our lives. Um, what verse did I put on? This, the verse that I have on my handout is not the verse. Did I put on your handout the, uh, uh, out, of the, out of Isaiah? Yeah, the Lord, where the Lord said, My ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts your thoughts. And isn't that true? Why does God do things the way that God does things? You ever think sometimes, why, why is this going on? Why, why is... But the Lord's got a plan. The Lord's got a purpose. And uh, the work of the Lord is sometimes to us, it's, it's mysterious. We don't understand why and what God's doing. But God has a plan and a purpose. And He's trying to work that plan and purpose out in our lives. And they're excited. It's the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter, it says, heard it was the Lord, he put on, he girded on his coat unto him, for he was naked, and he, he, well, he can't wait to see the Lord. He cast himself into the sea. He wanted to get close to Jesus. How exciting that is. You know, how excited are we are every day to want to get closer to Jesus and um, to see him work in our lives? And so, because that, the fourth point of this little 
Sunday school lesson, the Lord manifests himself to us. He, he, he comes to us. In John, it said, first John, it said this, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. He not, only, he not only gives us eternal life, but we're to live every single day through him. And what is notice what the Lord does here. I never really thought about this till this morning. So all of the other disciples, they gather together here and they have all these fish. Not really sure what this, they, they counted them, 153. I just, you know, they could have just said that, I don't know what the significance of that is, 153, why, they, why the Lord felt it was important in the scriptures for that number to be there. Maybe some theologian here knows why that was important. I don't know. But they counted them. And uh, maybe they thought, wow, how do you fit 153 fish into these nets? You know, this is a quite a miraculous thing. But picture the scene now. There they are on the shoreline. Jesus asks them, do you have any fish? No. Cast on the other side. They have the, all these fish. So look what it says here. Verse 9. As soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid up thereon, and bread. Jesus said, bring me the fish that they have now caught. Here's the creator of all that ever is. And he is serving them. He's, he's gone to the cross. He's died and paid for their sin and your sin and my sin. He took upon him all the sin of the world. Now risen from the dead, victorious over sin and over death. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. And there he is on the shoreline. He's prepared a meal and said, come and die. Come and die. You know, if we learn anything about the Savior as we read through the Scriptures, we learn this, that He loves to serve. He said, I come not to be ministered unto, but to what? Minister. He loves to serve. So let me ask you this question as we kind of finish this up. Do you love to serve people? Because that's what we've been called to do. How anxious are you to serve others? Because here's Jesus, one of the last events in his life, and that's what he's doing. He's still serving. He's serving them a meal. What a blessing that is. That's what we've been called to do. To serve. To serve one another. And so Jesus here, He manifests Himself to them. He manifests Himself to us. He shows Himself in our lives. Are you looking? Are, you, are we looking for where the Lord is working in each of our lives? And then lastly here, I've already kind of alluded to it, the Lord meets with believers and He meets with believers as our friend. 
He goes on here, and so Simon Peter, verse 11, goes up. He draws the net to land full of great fishes, 153, for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Maybe that was a miracle in and of itself, that the net didn't break. Sometimes you might say, you know what I just said, maybe that was a miracle in itself that the net didn't break. Sometimes the miracles in life are just the small things that we never recognize. Little things that God's doing in our lives. Understand what I'm saying? Well, he's looking for the big miracle. Sometimes it's just the little things that God is doing in our lives. His provision and protective hand upon us. And um, come and dine. Come and dine. Aaron asked me the other day, well, Dad, what hymns would you like to sing? He said, well, there's a lot I'd like to sing that we haven't in a long time. Well, make a list. I haven't had a chance yet, but I'm going to. And one of those is come and dine. We have, that's a great old hymn in the book. Come and dine, the master's call saith, come and dine. Uh, how does that go? Um, come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. You... Oh, I just knew it and I just forgot it. He who fed the multitudes turned the water into wine. He who fed the multitudes turned the water into wine. See, it's been so long that we... To the hungry calleth now, come and dine. What a great truth that is. All right, so anyhow, if we sing that some week coming ahead, you'll know that's because I requested it. So as we finish up here, uh, come and dine. Come and dine. And none of the disciples stirs to ask them, who art thou? Knowing it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that the disciples showed himself, or Jesus showed himself to the disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So there's this miracle. What's the point of the miracle? The point of the miracle here is to restore Peter and the disciples to, to see uh, the Lord working in their lives. And then quickly, we'll just go through this beginning in verse 13. So they had dined. Jesus saith to Simon Peter, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? There's a whole lesson I could teach here with regards to this. And Peter says, of course, Lord, you know that I love thee. And then he says, well, feed my lambs. And the second time he says it again, feed my sheep. Third time, Lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said, verse 17, the third time, lovest thou me? And he said, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus again says, feed my sheep. And then he tells Peter what is going to happen in his life and um, that Peter would indeed serve him and uh, that Peter would at one point give his life for the Lord. And... Um, and of course, in verse 20, Peter, Peter turns about. He sees the disciple whom Jesus loved, John. He asks the question, Lord. Um, uh, verse 21, Peter seeth him, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Meaning John. And Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow me. And of course, the great lesson there. God's got a plan for John. God's got a plan for Peter. God's got a plan for you. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Just worry about what the Lord wants you to do. Serve. Serve the Lord. Serve others. And um, 
Jesus drives this point home to the disciples here. So as we finish up here, all of these miracles that we've seen with regards to Jesus, all of them, the miracle in itself was one aspect of it. And then there was always a lesson that was taught about it. I remember the, the men, who the, they broke through the ceiling and the, the, the man who had palsy or was lame came down and Jesus healed him. Whether, what is it easier to say, uh, take up thy bed and walk or thy sins are forgiven? And just so that you know I can forgive sins, Jesus said, I, he healed this man. And one miracle after another miracle after another miracle, Jesus just manifesting who he is in the lives of those he comes into contact with. So keep that in mind in your own life. Jesus is still a miracle worker. Uh, little things in our lives that Jesus is doing, don't take them for granted. Let's pray together. Father, bless the morning worship service. Let it bring honor and glory to you. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for those children who rode in on the Sunday school bus today. Pray that you'd be working in their hearts, open their hearts, their lives, their souls to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us as we move forward in these coming days and weeks ahead to be fishers of men, not only children, but those that are around us. And just as you have invited us to come and dine, there are many that you invite to come and dine. Lord, help us to be gospel sensitive. Help us to serve others just as you have served us so that they might see Christ living in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.